Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back and am so very thankful that we have this time to spend together uh, with the Word of God, with each other through this avenue of a podcast. And we are studying this season, season seven of Weathering the Storm, how we can weather the storm in the home. We discuss God's design for the home, what to know before you get married, and we just finished a two-part series on the high cost of marriage, the high cost of doing it right, and the high cost of doing it wrong. Beginning with this episode, episode five, and going down through episode eight, we're going to be discussing roles in the home. In this episode, we're going to specifically discuss the role of the husband. In our next episode, we'll discuss the role of the father. And then we will discuss the role of the wife and the role of the mother. This, of course, is, is extremely important, and we want to take the time to discuss what this looks like biblically and what we need to be as husbands. Uh, and, and so I'm excited about this episode. I hope it's going to be helpful. I hope this series will be helpful. I hope this season will be helpful and that we can build stronger homes uh, for the Lord. Uh, This podcast is on the Scattered Abroad Network. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. You can check us out at our website, scatteredabroadnetwork.org. You can email us at san at msop.org. As the the Scattered Abroad Network is now a work of the Memphis School of Preaching. And we encourage you to look us up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, and definitely to like and to share these episodes that have helped you and help us to get the word out. And again, we are just... So appreciative of all of you listening, the encouragement that you give us, and all glory goes to God. As we think about roles in the home, I want to start in a unique place. I want to start in the book of Esther. There's something that's said about Mordecai that is really amazing to think about. Uh, If you look at the very last chapter of the book of Esther, it's Esther chapter 10, Only a few verses, but there's something that is said about Mordecai that we want to apply in this episode, thinking about the husband, the role of the husband. What exactly are you to do as the the man of the house, quite literally the spiritual leader of the home? Notice what is said about Mordecai here. It says, King Ahasuerus imposed tribute on the land, on the islands of the sea, and all the acts of his power and his might, the account of the greatness of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him. Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second to King Ahasuerus, and was great among the Jews, and well received by the multitude of his brethren. And look at this last phrase, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his countrymen. He was well-received among others. He was described as being great among the Jews. This was someone who was respected outside of the home. But no doubt, when you think about what he was doing, what was his goal, he wanted to seek the good of his people and speak peace to all his countrymen. I think about the role of a husband being similar to that. You know, you want to seek the good of your people. Specifically, you want to seek the good for your wife. You want what is best for her, and you want to create an environment where there is peace. 
a place where she can come and she can express her needs, express her desires, express her frustrations, and you can be that that peacemaker. You can be the one who wants what is best and makes her life and fulfills her life in the best way that you can. And so let's think about that example of Mordecai as we kind of springboard into our study. We're going to go to someone a little bit more familiar, and that is Joshua. I think about Joshua's statement in Joshua twenty four fifteen, as as a husband, as a father, as a leader, who comes out and basically says, "Okay, everybody else, you can do what you're going to do, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." We need more men like Joshua. We need more husbands and fathers to step up and and be that leader, and think about him leading his wife. Think about him as a husband, leading his wife properly, and and the encouragement that she would receive from submitting to him, knowing that her children had him to look up to. And Joshua is just one of those examples, like Mordecai, who is seeking the good of his people, what is best for them. Another father that, another husband rather, that comes to mind, well, also a father, but a husband, think about Noah. And a lot of this is, is, focused on him, but what about Noah's wife? Think of the support that she had to give him, but think of think of the husband that Noah was and was able to, no doubt, stay connected to her because she had to lean on him through everything that happened, through the flood, through the storm, and their children were able to be on the ark with them. That's a testament to Noah and his wife. We could go down the line and think about Abraham with Sarah. You know, Sarah had to pack up and leave, and she just had to trust her husband. But he wanted what was best for her, and he wanted to please God and glorify him. And so Sarah called him Lord. We read that in First Peter chapter 3. She submitted to her husband, and he was a man who, who, who was so godly that he understood the role of the husband to be extremely important. And then another example I think of is Job. You know, his wife came to him, and I, I believe that Satan, through his influence, tried to pin his wife against him. I really do. You know, because he took all of the children away, so why did he allow his wife to live? Perhaps it's because Satan knew that Job's wife was his counterpart, uh, his better half, the most important person in the world to him, his spouse. And she tried to turn Job against the Lord with that statement, why don't you curse God and die? Job said, you're speaking like a, one of the foolish women. I'm not going to do that. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. He held fast to his integrity as, as a man, but no doubt as a husband. You know, he buried 10 children, but she did too. You know, she had a lot on her mind, a lot of grief that she was going through, but she stuck with him, and he stuck with her. And so there's just so many examples throughout Scripture that remind us of, of what a godly husband looks like. And, and I'm encouraged to be able to go to those examples and to learn from them and to be encouraged by them. Um, and as, as, hus- as husbands, if you're a husband listening to this, we're, we have a great responsibility to lead our wives and, and to love them, to honor them, to provide for them, to be the man that God wants us to be. It starts by being the best husband you can be for your spouse and be the best man that you can be for God. I want to share with you four things that, that I 
typically share with, with a man when we're doing premarital counseling. I'll start with a man, and then I'll turn over to the woman. But there are four things specifically that I encourage the man to think about and to apply to his life uh, prior to marriage and, of course, throughout the marriage. Number one, this seems very straightforward and cliche, but we've got to start here. The man is to love the wife. And somebody might say, well, of course the man is to love the wife. But what do we mean when we say that? We studied Ephesians chapter 5 in depth just a few episodes ago. In fact, episode 3, we broke down Ephesians 5, 22 through 32. And we talked about the importance of loving your wife as Jesus loves the church. And we talked about the fact that you can't get any stronger than that. That's the kind of love that you are to have for your wife. Jesus laid down his life and died for the church, which means I need to be willing to take a bullet for my wife. And I promise you I would. But I'm going to take this a step further. You know, how many of us would say, man, I would die for my wife. I would do anything for my wife. And yet we won't do the simple things. We won't do the easy things. We won't take the time to listen. We won't take the time to take out the trash. We won't take the time to do the dishes or do the laundry or read the room and say, you know what, she's had an extremely long day. Let me take care of dinner tonight. Let me lay down with the kids tonight because she's really tired. She's got a headache. Those are things that the little things are the things that add up. Again, we could say, oh, I'd I'd die for her right now. Do you love her enough to do the little things, though? In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19, Paul says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. That's a simple statement, but bitterness towards your wife builds over time. And you don't want your wife to resent you. You want your wife to respect you and to love you and want to be around you and want to come to you. So the man, the husband, has a responsibility to love his wife just like Jesus loves the church, to love his wife and not be bitter. And then in 1 John 3 and verse 18, there's a principle here. Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now, does that mean that we don't say that we love our wives? Well, of course not. The point is, practice what you preach. I tell my wife I love her every single day. I make that a practice, and it never loses its value. It never loses its value. I mean that with all of my heart every time I say it. You know, every time I I kiss my wife, it's the same thing. It doesn't lessen the value. We think about 1 John 3.18 and applying that to the husband. Let us not love in word or in tongue. Don't just say, I love you. Show it. Demonstrate it in word and in deed and in truth. So mean it. Mean it when you say it, and then demonstrate that love by the way that you live from day to day, doing the big things and doing the small things, to show your wife that you love her and cherish her like Jesus loves the church. The second thing I like to bring up is that the man, the husband, is to honor the wife. This is 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Husbands, honor your wives as the weaker vessel. Honor them. Here's the point. By honoring her, you are honoring God. If you dishonor your wife, you're dishonoring God, who told you to honor your wife. And so the man, the husband, 
This is the cornerstone. This is where the, the home starts with the husband, with the man. You know, we think about Adam and Eve before Cain and Abel ever came into the picture. There was Adam. And he had a responsibility as a husband to love his wife and to honor her. And that hasn't changed. That's still the blueprint. Some people call it old-fashioned. I call it scripture. This is what God says. God says this is how the man, the husband, is to be. Love your wife. Honor your wife. Number three, the husband is to lead. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. Ephesians 5, 23-24. You also think about this in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13. Here's a statement made to remind us that the man is the leader. And the world today has so many backwards views. If you turn on the TV and the commercials and the sitcoms, it's always making fun of the man and putting him in the corner and the woman's out in front and she's the leader. Listen, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says the man is to be the leader. 1 Timothy 2.13, short statement, big profound meaning. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. There's your explanation. <laughs> when, when you think about what is being said there in that context, let a woman learn in silence with all submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over man, but to be in silence for. Here's the reasoning. God says, here's why. Adam was formed first and then Eve. Adam is the leader. Adam is the one who is going to lead in the home. And so the husband is to be the leader. We could even go back to Genesis chapter 3. Uh, Genesis three sixteen To the woman he said, I will multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you'll bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. The man is to be the leader. And so a godly husband is one who loves his wife, honors his wife, leads his wife. But number four, the godly husband, the man, is to provide for the wife. Here's another principle in the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's strong language, isn't it? That last phrase, denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Have you ever stopped to think about that? What could be worse than an unbeliever? Someone who doesn't provide for his own. Someone who doesn't step up and provide. And keep in mind that this is not just, it's not limited to monetary provisions. It's not to say that, you know, the man can't provide if he doesn't bring home X amount of dollars. There's more than providing for your wife than just what you bring home in a paycheck. It's providing the emotional support. It's providing stability in the home. Hebrews 13 chapter uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. Marriage is honorable, the bed's undefiled. Uh, you know, that's another responsibility that a husband has to to meet his wife's needs as she has them. So, the husband has this responsibility to provide not just monetarily, provide physically, uh, provide spiritually, provide emotionally. And to be what God would have them to be. And so as a husband, I reach out through this podcast to those who are husbands. Love your wife as Jesus loved the church. 
Honor your wife as the weaker vessel. Lead your wife spiritually, physically, emotionally, and provide for her spiritually, physically, and emotionally. That is what God expects from us, and that's what will help you weather the storm in the home. We, we need to be on the front line. We need to draw the line in the sand. This is my home. This is my wife. I'm going to be there for her, and I'm going to be who God wants me to be. So let me give you some words very quickly as we close out this episode today. Some words that, that I've jotted down to think about, you know, my role as a husband and your role as a husband and, and what the Bible says about it. Number one, as a husband, you're a provider. We've mentioned this in 1 Timothy 5.8. We've mentioned the different kind of, of the way that you provide. But that's number one, you're a provider. Number two, you're a protector. You are a protector. You are to cherish your wife and protect your wife against outside forces. Whatever it takes, protect your wife. We mentioned this. You're the leader. You're the spiritual leader. The spiritual leader of the home. Number four, you're a shoulder. You're a shoulder. A shoulder to cry on. A shoulder to lean on. And the Bible talks about the right arm. The right hand is the idea of strength. Be that right arm. Be that shoulder for your wife that she can lean on you, that she can gain strength from you in times of weakness. But not just be a shoulder, be a boulder. A boulder. In Psalm 46, we read about God being a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. He is our rock, our redeemer, our deliverer. Think about God the Father and the role that He plays in that way. And think about applying this to a husband. A very present help in time of trouble. A rock, a boulder where your wife can, can come to. And you can be that safe haven. You can be that strength. You can be that, that constant, consistent leader. And she knows that she can depend on you. And so husbands, we have a great responsibility in front of us. It's one that we should not take lightly. And when we think about weathering the storm in the home, this is where it starts. It starts with the husband. It starts with the man who is to be the provider, protector, spiritual leader, shoulder, and boulder in the home. This is what God expects. This is what God desires. And what God desires ought to be what we desire. So husbands, let's make sure we step up and do our very best to honor God by honoring his role for us in the home. In our next episode, we're going to transition to roles in the home, the role of the father. We're going to be looking at Psalm 127 and other passages. Really excited about that. And please understand that these episodes are directed to me first. I know I've got a lot of improvement to do as a husband and as a father. And maybe there's someone listening out there who says, you know, I need to, I need to step up as well. Let's do that together, and let's look within our own lives, our own hearts. Let's look within the pages of Scripture, and let's make application where we can so we can be better husbands. Our wives need that and deserve that, and God expects and desires that. I thank you so much for listening. May God bless you as you weather the storm.